The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. This week is Space Week with events planned all of the way around the country, a lot of them in schools around the country. And to talk about that and the revolution that seems to be happening in terms of space exploration and investment is Dr. Neve Shaw, engineer, scientist, and writer. And I, Neve, I don't think we can start this without talking about um, Ireland's first satellite. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, this has been coming now for a while. I think all of us involved in the space sector, we've known about Ireland's first satellite, which is called AirSat-1. But it's kind of really hit the press in the last week because since 2017, these guys have been working with the European Space Agency um, as part of their Fly Your Satellite program. And finally, after, you know, putting their instruments on board and testing and doing going through all the paperwork and documentation, it is scheduled to launch, they reckon, um, early in next year from Carew, which is the European Space Agency's launch site, and that's in French Guyana. So it's great. Ireland will finally have a satellite up there with with instruments that are recording equipment, Irish instruments as well, you know. So it's very, very good. It's a it's a great sign. I know the this progress the, of the, Ireland in the space sector. This right? is the wrong thing to ask, Neve, but why do we want to have a satellite up there? That's a good question. Actually that's a really good question. <laughs> I guess it's just I guess, you know, it's part of like it's our first leap forward, I guess, as a, as a nation to participate in in the in the space sort of sector, for want of a better word. You know, it's I think it's a symbolism of we are here. Um, you know, because there are hundreds and thousands of satellites up there. I think there's functioning. There's about there's over. I think it's like seven thousand satellites functioning, um, orbiting Earth as we speak. But there's many thousands that have, you know, they've they've, you know, they're they're dead. They're no longer functioning, or they're just like orbiting, and you know, they can no longer communicate with Earth. But in all that time, you know, since we have been deploying satellites, when the first one was in 1957, there hasn't been an Irish one. So you know, I, there is an, a really strong emerging sector of space um, in Ireland. Not only just working with the European Space Agency, but just you know, with other firms across the world. And you know, as space gets more and more kind of commercialised, I think it's important for us to to show that we have the capability to do this. And this was done by a group of students. This is um this is a university um, project. You know, so this isn't like a company doing it. Um, this was a research project where we had postgrads and, and postdocs from from UCD working together with their, you know, with their supervisor or the lead on it, um, Professor Lorraine Handlin. And, and finally, now it's come to pass. So I, I, I think it is a really good question, but I guess it's like, is it our first step forward or our first giant leap? Maybe that's how I would see it. You know? Well, it's a giant leap into a, into a burgeoning industry because if you look at the moment, yeah. the, the amount of private sector involvement, whether it's SpaceX, uh-huh. whether it's Blue Odyssey, whether it's Virgin Galactic, and the amount of, of private sector and public sector money that's flowing into both mm-hmm. space exploration and the space industry, why does it feel like there's a sort of a second coming of, of interest and focus on space? I think I think you're bang on the money. I think space is becoming affordable. So I think one of the pivotal things that happened was somebody, Elon Musk, basically from from SpaceX, showed us that there is a there is a new way of building rockets, which is that they're reusable. And so he kind of developed the Falcon 9, which has been up and down many, many times, whether it's been delivering payloads to um, the International Space Station or now astronauts. And it's regularly done that it just had its fifth Crew Dragon mission there um, to the International Space Station there just at the weekend, you know, so they've shown that they can consistently do that. And I think we're at a stage where the design uh, of rockets have become kind of mainstream. So when I was in New Zealand recently, I visited um, 
rocket labs and they had like lined up like eight to 10 rockets that were in different stages of manufacture. And we found a way of of mass producing and the desire to use uh, satellites for for whether we use them to look down on Earth through Earth observation or whether we use them for telecommunications. There is a massive industry emerging around that, whether you're providing components for some of these satellites or you're providing some of the uh, computer technology or the software, or maybe you're involved in uh, designing a component for the rocket. It, it's just becoming more and more mainstream. And then in addition to that, I think the whole idea of of, com- of the whole commercial human space program has really kicked in. You have you have firms like Blue Origin that are offering flights if you have the money, and they have I think they've already flown forty people um, in in space. And then you have um, very wealthy people like a guy called Jared Isaacson, who's kind of running his own space program. He had one last year called Inspiration Four, where he had four people orbiting Earth for three days. And now he has another mission called Polaris, where he's uh, genuinely kind of got an intention to orbit the moon. But also he's working with companies in um, he's offering the opportunity to, uh, you know, get rid of some of the space debris and space debris are all these satellites that don't work anymore. And and how are we going to get them down? So it's all becoming very much every day. there is a, a, but I a space law. The thing that I'm curious about is what's the, mm. the driving force? Because my understanding, and this could be completely wrong, but the way that I always uh, uh, took the, the competing Russian and American space programs yeah. was it is very handy for us to have intercontinental ballistic nuclear missiles which are based <laughs> on these rockets and a good way of showing the other side what they can do is to send the occasional yeah. one into space with some guy sitting on top of it. That Cold War impetus isn't there anymore. So what's why is no. there this sudden rush? Do people see that this is going to become a, a, a commercial venture long term? Is that it? Absolutely. You know, so the International Space Station has been there for over 20 years now, you know, so so um, that was very much a science led um, initiative by, you know, five different space agencies. And they understand microgravity or this sensation of the absence of gravity and how it can be applied applied to different technologies. And now there are a lot of space players that want to work with the International Space Station to do their own scientific experiments, to sell space on it, to um, to develop technologies, to have add add on components with artificial tech, artificial gravity so that you can you can cultivate proteins and and grow things up there. There's that. There's also um, I also think that you see a change in uh, returning to the moon, which is, you know, the Artemis program, which I've been just talking about till I'm blue in the face. That's the first phase of returning humans to the moon. And it's not just in the, you know, during the Cold War, that was a tokenistic gesture of, you know, we're more powerful than you between Russia and America. Now it's about um, each country showing that they have the capability to do that. So not only do we have a massive mission to return humans to the moon through NASA and the European Space Agency and, and the Canadian Space Agency, and we hopefully will see that by 2025, you've got players from India is is becoming a, a genuinely, a, you know, um, significant player in the space sector ISRO which is their space agency is has sent uh, missions to Mars um, orbiting the moon um, it was very close to landing on the moon just a, a couple of years ago um, you have the United Arab Emirates are really coming in and they, they've already um, sent a probe to Mars and now they want to do something on the moon and so 
I, I think there's two things happening. One is that there's a lot of money and um, and space is seen as the next frontier. But then also commercially, it's they reckon it's a trillion dollar business and it's the next emerging area. There is a lot of applications um, for, you know, designing software using data that we're getting from satellites that's been completely underutilized. So it's all they reckon that space is the next big economy. And I think that's why it's suddenly becoming, um, you know, so much mainstream in the media and and in and in the press. But I think for all of us that were within the space bubble, we've always seen it. But definitely the the countries are coming more and more forward. Um, these big space players that are not America and not Russia, Europe Which, has genuinely you, like made its play. To some extent, then, if I assume that changes the lens through which we look at something like Space Week, because it isn't yeah. a week dedicated to the modern version of being Shackleton. It's a week dedicated to an emerging no. industry. Yes, it is. And it's about satellites and it's about sustainability and it's about how can we use um, how can we use space for us to to be, you know, better Earth citizens down here on Earth. So you have a whole kind of fleet of sat- satellites which observe Earth. They're called Earth observation satellites. And for instance, the European Space Agency has its own fleet called Sentinel. They've got um, six of them up there now and they are monitoring carbon dioxide and um, water levels and and vegetation and the cryosphere, which is like the ice. And, and that's all our way of that data helps us understand what's happening our planet so that we can predict and model how to do things better. But also sustainability in the sense of that it's a business that's emerging and if we are and if it is going to be a business that is continuing, we also have to start taking responsibility for all this debris that is orbiting our planet. There are I think there's ten thousand there's ten thousand pieces that are greater than um oh I think it's like a ten centimeters. There's like a million pieces that are greater than, than one centimeter and there's just they've lost track of the amount of pieces that are like less than one of those one centimeter and so oh we have to clean all that up we have to kind of see it as a as a proper business and and, and world space week is a week for a lot of people that are involved in space to go out and remind people about what what space provides for us how it can help us here on earth but also you know, we have we have grand ideas as a species to get to Mars because we want to understand what happened to Mars and Venus. Actually, now there are there are companies now who want to go to Venus and understand Venus and the phosphine that they discovered a few years ago. There's a probe from from Rocket Labs, that New Zealand company that are sending uh, a mission there um, you know, in um, in the next year or so. Neve yeah. Shaw, thank you very much for taking the time for coming on this morning. No that problem. is Dr. Neve Shaw, engineer, scientist and writer. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.